episode 7 of the Von Gehr Consulting Group's podcast. In this episode, we're going to go more in depth in some of the data behind business coaching. Who chooses a coach? Why do they choose a coach? What do they expect to get out of their coach? And what is the overall return on investment? Our data set's going to come from the International Coach Federation study, which was published in April 2009, data that was collected by PricewaterhouseCoopers in 2008, as well as a study from the Harvard Business Review in January 2009, and some various other studies that were done much earlier in this decade. But the themes are consistent as far as who chooses a coach, why they choose a coach, and what do they expect to get out of a coach. First, who chooses a coach? Well, it's either an individual or a corporation. Primarily, the vast majority of coaches are chosen actually by individuals and not corporations. They're chosen for a number of reasons. The individual realizes that they lack certain skills for a newly transition that they've made into their career, either a new promotion or new responsibilities. They also realize they need help with some key fundamentals to make whatever it is that they want to do a success. These individuals tend to be mid to higher level executives. They also tend to be small business owners. And interestingly enough, the vast majority of them actually tend to be women and not men. A corporation chooses a coach what was thought once in the past because of toxic personalities or bad behaviors of a certain executive. That's no longer the case. A coach is actually chosen now to hone the skills and fundamentals of of individuals who have been identified within the organization to be high performers and to be a complete and total asset for the the company or the organization. That's why a company hires a coach. What's also interesting to know is that individuals who hire coaches tend to have a university or higher degree. Actually, the vast majority of them tend to actually have an MBA or a PhD uh, postgraduate style degree. That's very important because they recognize the faults within themselves of the needs they have to have met to either make it to the next level. So that is basically who chooses a coach. Now, in the data that was collected by the ICF, over 15 different countries, they looked for the top reasons why you choose a coach, and then looked for some subsets. What are your top three priorities of those top reasons? The top reasons for choosing a coach overall was career opportunities. That represented about 47% of all the countries that responded. Business management was second, and then self-confidence or self-esteem improvement was third. Those were considered primarily the first top reasons for choosing a coach. But when asked further, what is it really your top priority? What is it that you're looking for out of a coach? Well, what they discovered was it wasn't career opportunities and it wasn't necessarily self-confidence or business management. Actually, business management fell more so to the wayside. It was work performance. It was uh, career opportunities and it was relationships that were, were key, that were keen and important for a lot of those sub uh, responses. What that goes back to is what was seen in an earlier study that a lot of people who seek out coaching look for a holistic response. They look for uh, a prog- programmatic response and a non-directive response from their coach. So basically what that means is they're looking for something that's gonna be a commitment for the long term. They're also looking for someone who can basically round out the whole individual and they're looking for someone who's going to be more of a peer, an advisor to them, as opposed to a teacher, student, or authoritarian relationship. And so in looking at that, and this actually kind of backs up with the data that's out there, is 
to advance your career, to have better business management skills, to be able to have better self-confidence to take risks in a business environment, regardless if it's a booming economy or, or not, they have to have a well-rounded background. The coach has to be able to apply to them uh, the skill sets needed to improve their work-life balance. They have to have a better family life. They have to have a better relationships with their coworkers. They have to have a better relationships with their customers. They have to have a better perception of the business landscape that they're in. A lot of these individuals are very self-reliant. They're very highly competitive and they're very um, driven in executing for their goals. What a coach allows them to is to focus that energy in other areas where it's currently lacking. And typically it ends up being in their personal life. That's why there's a difference from the top reasons for choosing a coach versus the, really the top priorities in choosing a coach. So that's some of the data that's behind that. And actually that's backed up by a quote from the January 2009 Harvard Business Review article from David Peterson. He's a senior vice president at Personnel Decisions International. Basically he says, it's not surprisingly, therefore the more coaches can tap into a leader's motivation to improve his or her home life, the greater and more lasting the impact of the coach is likely to be at work. It corresponds. While we like to think that we live in boxes and those boxes are distinct, different personalities of who we are, the reality is that they all mesh. We're all one within the environment that we work in and that environment has an impact directly on us. If we're having a bad time at home, we're gonna carry it into work. If we're having a bad time at work, we're gonna carry it back at home. If uh, we do something completely stupid at work, we're gonna feel ashamed about it at home and vice versa. There is a symbiotic relationship between the two. Now, I had mentioned earlier um, that a lot of the executives want to have a holistic approach, a pragmatic approach, which basically means they want to have a defined commitment for the coaching sessions. And they also want to have someone who's more of an advisor to them, not really a directive authority. That's how a lot of the coaches and responses in earlier studies, we're talking about back to 2002, 2005, et cetera, look at seeing coaching. Now, a typical coaching engagement for a client is can be anywhere from six months or less. It really kind of depends where the study, the data comes out, but that tends to be the median is six months or less. So from a business perspective and the time that's going, the client's going to be invested with the coach, it actually is very small. And one of the reasons why clients choose coaches over other therapists is that they understand the coach is going to bring them an actual plan that they can use immediately um, in their business environment. And that basically goes back to the fact that they're going to learn skill sets and tools which are applicable immediately from after the session. And they're gonna have a set plan with a goal in mind between the coach and the client. And they're going to do things to achieve those goals. Now, how can the session be delivered to the coachee from the coach? Well, you actually have about three, eh, maybe four different methods. You've got in-person, usually a one-on-one. -on -one. You've got over the phone, then you've got the seminars, uh, webinars, and other sorts of media. Not surprisingly, a vast majority of coaches, about 60% or more, prefer the in-person meetings. And that can either be at the, the coaches location or the coaches location uh, for that. About 35% are happy with over the phone, but as we all know, what your voice is over the phone and your body language are two different things. I heard what he said, but what I saw him do is much more important, hence why they like to have those in-person in, um, meetings. Seminars are okay. They get about 5% or less, 
but the reason why they're not really um, seen as being a very good forum for coaching is you're usually t together with a lot of other people. The coach is typically on stage in a lecture format preaching to you or dictating to you uh, the changes that you need to make. There's that lack of personality and personal relationship between the coachee and the coach that really needs to happen for there to be a lot of success in changing things around. So delivery of sessions, typically most sessions uh, take about an hour, maybe a little bit more. And then again, the other reason why the duration of the engagement lasts so long is because again, those individuals who are looking to be coached are incredibly busy executives and it's just finding the time with the coach. That's really the reason why it lasts almost six months. Typically it could be brought down to a lot less uh, for the coachee if they had an abundance of time. Now, if you lasted this long to the podcast, you're probably thinking, great, how can I go out and get myself a coach? Well, let's look at what a lot of the factors are of individuals who look for a coach. And really what it all comes down to is chemistry. A lot of the data looking out there looks at certification of coaches, looks at um, some other tangible, uh, quantifiable metrics, but it's really those untangible, unquantifiable metrics that a lot of people turn to when it comes to choosing a coach. First off, the factors, um, the most important factor is, does the client get along with the coach? In global surveys that have been conducted over the past seven years, that has rated as the number one criteria in setting and selecting a coach. Other factors like coaching experience, effectiveness, and confidence tend to rate high, but not as high as the personal connection factors like humor, personal rapport, the life background experiences that match up for both the coach and the individual who wants to be coached, and their compatibility. Now, I did mention earlier about certification. Certification of coaching is on the rise, but with so many organizations offering certification services, it can be difficult to determine which are credible. And remember, certification also means that a coach, all they had to do was just pass a certain level of competency to be accredited. It does not mean it's going to give results or drive better results just because you've got a bunch of letters after your name. And this comes back to what P. Ann Scholar, from, she's a managing director at uh, Myler Campbell, also teaches at uh, a London University, said, when you're looking at the coach, if, if a coach cannot tell you what methodology and what the outcomes you can expect are going to be, you got to show them the door. Because the top business coaches out there are crystal clear as about how and what they can deliver for you, as also about what they cannot deliver for you. That's very very important. And so you have to understand this is a growing marketplace out there. Uh, coaching has now been seen in a lot of the developed countries as being a, uh, a badge of honor uh, for a lot of executives. Hey, I've got a coach, don't you? But more importantly, with Brazil, China, and India, and a lot of those explosive developing countries on the rise, they have a lot of management managers, mid to higher level managers that are very young, that are lacking experience they need to have. They're going to turn a lot more to coaches uh, in the future. So that does mean there's a risk of charlatans that are out there, but when it comes back down to it, it's the personal refer refers, it's the customers who speak a thousand words and volume of evidence uh, for that coach. If a coach doesn't have good referrals, if you're not really referred to that coach, you're most likely not going to select them. 
let's wrap up this podcast. It's been a very long one for us uh, this time. Typically, we usually run about seven or 10 minutes. We've gone well over that mark and talk about the return on investment. Now, this data I'm going to tell you comes from two separate areas. It comes from the Harvard Business Review uh, article in January 2009 and also comes from the ICS study that was published in April 2009. Um, basically, no matter what the economic environment is, uh, a demonstrated return on investment has been seen with coaching. And it comes down to the fact that the coaching engagement is very focused, does not allow for scope creep, which you can see in some consultancies as well as other larger projects. And it's not really an open-ended commitment. It's designed and, and brought together between the coach and the client with set goals in mind, and they work focused towards those goals. Now, this means typically that the engagement stays on budget. And while there are varying degrees of price ranges for coaching, some of your top coaches out there will charge over four grand an hour. That's a lot. Um, they typically really end up being very cost conscious. The median um, hourly range for a coach is about $171 US. Compare that to a psychiatrist or a therapist in say New York City, which you're looking at $500 an hour, a lot less. The rate of return for an individual who invests in a coach, they typically get back three times or more the money that they invested on their rate of return. And for organizations or companies, they tend to see as a median return seven times their investment. And if you look at the overall engagement, the average total engagement cost for a coach is under five grand. That's we're talking for the full six months that you're with the person. That's pretty much what you see on average. Compare that to say a consultant that comes in or even some larger projects, you're talking anywhere north of $75,000 or more. And that's been very, very conservative. So with the return on investment for an individual of over three times of what they've invested in and seven times for organization, coaching makes a lot of sense. And that's only looking at the quantifiable factors of what I spent and what I'm getting back out of my employee and better productivity, better closed deals if they're uh, in sales or marketing, better performance of the overall team, better execution of the plans for the business and the business growing. Well, there's a lot of data that's in this podcast. So feel free to record it, go back and listen to it, or shoot us a question. You can actually question me at Erwin, that's E-R-R-O-I-N, at vongairconsulting.com. I'm glad to answer any questions that you may have. Let us show you how we can be a lion in your corner at the Von Gehr Consulting Group.com. And if you want, follow us on Twitter, Von Gehr CG.